Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. The Sacramento City Council will please come to order. Would the clerk call the roll and establish a quorum? Thank you, Mayor. <clears throat> Council Member Kaplan? Here. Council Member Laloyable absent? Council Member Talamantes? Here. Council Member Valenzuela? Here. Council Member Maple? Um, I'm here and requesting the ability to participate via Zoom due to an illness, um, and I'm the only person in the room. Can we make sure that the volume is... I, I had a hard time hearing Councilmember Maple. Okay. Yes, thank you. Okay. Vice Mayor Guetta? Here. Councilmember Jennings? Here. Mayor Pro Tem Vang? I am here. And Mayor Steinberg? I am here. Uh, Councilmember Jennings, would you please lead us in the land acknowledgement and the Pledge of Allegiance? Thank you. <coughs> please join in the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisian, the Southern Maidu, the Valley and Plains Miwok, the Patton, Winton, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribes. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indig indigenous people's history contribution and lies. Thank you. Would you please salute? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you very much, Councilmember Jennings. <clears throat> um, I want to wish everyone a happy new year and welcome everyone back to the first, uh, well, actually, we had a special meeting yesterday, but the first full city council meeting of the year. And I want to begin, if it is appropriate, Madam Clerk, with a report out of uh, the closed session. I know we usually ask the city attorney, but uh, if it's appropriate, I'd like to make a report out of the closed session under uh, the, uh, I guess, uh, under the city clerk's uh, evaluation where we discussed uh, the issue of the upcoming District 2 vacancy. As you know, Councilmember Lilloe submitted his re resignation effective uh, the 14th of January, I believe. Is that correct, Madam Clerk? And so under the city charter, uh, since it is w within one year of the general election, the city council has the authority uh, to appoint someone to fill the District 2 seat uh, temporarily. And so we met today uh, to discuss uh, the procedure and what we uh, would like to do and what we intend to do that we think is in the best interests of both District 2 and the City of Sacramento. And I'd like to report to you the conclusions of that discussion. Consistent with what I had recommended back uh, last week when Councilmember Lowy first announced his resignation, it is our intent to not fill the seat until after the primary election on March the 5th. The reason is, is that there are eight candidates. If one candidate were to win outright, in other words, 50% plus one, it would be logical, I think we all agree, that that person um, would be appointed by the city council expeditiously uh, because he or she would have been elected by the people for a full term, and uh, that individual didn't get an appropriate head start. 
if how and so given that possibility we don't know um, we think it would be premature to fill the seat now because that would then preclude a potential winner from uh, from being able to be the, the the caretaker so to speak for the remainder of this term if however if, however, uh, the March 5th election results in a runoff between two candidates, no one gets more than 50% of the vote, we would then uh, intend to appoint a caretaker, not one of the candidates, um, uh, from, from the runoff, obviously, um, and, and appoint somebody. And so then the question is, what is the process? What should be the process for the potential appointment of a caretaker recognizing if someone wins outright uh, on March 5th that we would appoint him or her within several days or, or a week. And this is what we discussed. We want to get a head start now on the process so that if there is a runoff, there is an undue delay uh, so that the seat um, can, can, be, can be filled at least temporarily. And so what we suggest is that the city clerk will begin an application process on or about February the 1st and have that uh, application process open until the 29th of February, 2024. Each of the candidates must fill out, each of the existing candidates must fill out an application if they want to be considered for the uh, caretaker role which again, we would only appoint one of them if one of them won outright. But they need to fill out that application. And that's important. And I know the city clerk is going to reach out to each of the candidates to, to reiterate that. After the primary election, around the week of, Mar of March the 12th, the PNPE committee, uh, intended to be chaired by Councilmember Kaplan, depending upon the, the vote in a few minutes on the 2024 uh, boards and commissions, would help lead a process, potentially out in the district itself, to uh, take the applications and interview candidates, and then make a recommendation to the full city council of among three, uh, the three top candidates, in which the council would then sometime uh, in, in March, uh, would hold a series of public interviews with the three top candidates, and then have a debate, deliberation, and and cast a vote and seat a member. Again, it'll be easy if one person wins that March primary outright. In the meantime, in the meantime, um, for good or for bad, there is only one elected official here who's elected citywide um, who represents District 2, and that is the mayor of the city. And so um, I'm, I'm going to be working with my team with some of Councilmember Lelowy's staff. Um, and we are going to um, represent this district between now and the appointment. I intend to be out there directly within the next uh, days to meet with community leaders. I know my uh, Mayor's Office of Civic Engagement have, has already begun that process. And they've been out there. I'll have the assistance of all of my colleagues and the city manager uh, and the entire city team. And uh, we, will, uh, we, we will represent the district until we can appoint somebody to fill the seat. So did I leave anything out, Madam Clerk, in terms of the process? So. Okay. 
colleagues, any any comments or think think we covered it? What's that? We hope to have somebody seated. I mean, tentatively by the the idea would be tentatively to make an appointment by the 26th of March, which I believe is a Tuesday, and then to seat the uh, the individual sometime shortly thereafter. Okay. Very good, everyone. Thank you for uh, your indulgence on that. Okay, we now move uh, to the consent calendar. And um, are there any items that members would like to speak to or to uh, be voted on separately? Council Member Valenzuela. I um, would just like to make a brief comment on 14 and abstain <coughs> from item 17. Okay. Okay, um, anybody else? Councilmember Kaplan. Item 14 is a comment as well. Okay. Okay, why don't we take public testimony on the consent calendar? Thank you, Mayor. I have um, three speakers on the consent calendar. I do have one read to the record, if I may, on agenda item 13. The recommendation currently says accept and publish for, for review a resolution, and it should say adopt a resolution. So that's item 13 is adopt a resolution. So my speakers are Lambert, Marjorie Dickinson, then Aaron Johansson. Uh, Lambert Davis um, wanted to to first say that I'm glad to hear that uh, Mayor Steinberg will be over District 2 until it does work itself out. He's uh, very well respected in the circles I travel in. Uh, what I'm here to talk about is Measure U. I attended a lot of meetings, including the mayor held a lot of meetings, and I agreed with Measure U, and then once they start talking about participatory budgeting, they asked, uh, they wanted to outreach in the neighborhood, in District 2. District 2 has over 20 communities, and as a native, I decided I'm going to go to every meeting that they have, and I did. I went to every meeting. I handed in the same paperwork at each meeting. Um, and at two of the meetings, they had our cheesecakes there. Um, but the thing that was peculiar was when it was time to contact me, they said they didn't receive my paperwork. And the reason I went to four different meetings was to see if I could catch them. And I did. They could not find my paperwork. And I've had a lot of problems with my paperwork once I submitted it. Also during this time, a great group called Third Plateau, Third Plateau, shout out to them. They did a wonderful job evaluating what went on, and we found out from them that there was a uh, quota system that was established by a group called Asian Resources, Inc. And quotas are illegal. That's Proposition 209. And uh, that's it. Thank you for your comments. Marjorie Dickinson, also on item 7, and then Aaron Johansson on item 14. 
Happy New Year, Council members. Thanks for having me here. I'm here on item seven uh, for two reasons. One, I think I may have left a misimpression with the members of the PP&E committee earlier today that our work plan was what was on um, the agenda tonight. In fact, it, it, our work plan is not on the agenda tonight, though I thank them for approving it. What is on the agenda tonight is um, our um, annual report as required by the ordinance on um, use of Measure U uh, revenues, recommendations, priorities, et cetera. Um, and that's what's on your agenda tonight. Um, and we did have a discussion about how confusing it is that, that the work plan and annual report is a different thing than our ordinance required annual report. And I didn't realize at the moment that it was as confusing as this has turned out to be. Um, the second item I'd like to speak to, and I do want to acknowledge Mr. Lambert's participation in our meetings over the, the entire time I've been on the committee, and uh, that he has shared the concerns uh, with respect to how he was treated with um, on participatory budgeting um, outcomes, and I, it was very unfortunate. He is truly an engaged uh, person on Measure U, maybe the most engaged person in um, in the community. And finally, um, I want, uh, I, in, in saying what I'm going to say, I do want to acknowledge the hard decisions that you do this budget year. Um, but I hope that as you look at our annual report, which was the first year you funded participatory budgeting, and find a way to at least fund it at the uh, in a second cycle at the level you funded it in 21-22. Um, we had a great presentation um, to budget and audit a few weeks ago about the um, programs that have been funded and the outcomes and impact. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Aaron Thank Johansson. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, council members, uh, city manager. I just wanted to uh, speak on item number 14, the um, Outreach and Engagement Center and the Homeless Outreach Program. And I just wanted to thank all of you for your support of these really important programs that um, we have been, um, Hope Cooperative has been um, implementing in the city, working with DCR, working with the, um, the um, incident team, Sorry, <laughs> lost the name of it for a minute there. Um, there's been some great outcomes that have happened and we've engaged with lots and lots of people on the street and it's really had um, made a difference in people's lives, especially during the winter and um, when it's cold and hot out there. So thank you all for your support, appreciate it. Thank you for your comments. Mary, I have no more speakers on the consent calendar. All right, thank you. I do have um, council members Kaplan and Valenzuela who want to speak on item 14, please go ahead, in either order. All right. Well, I will start. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for, I think, coming out of retirement to come here tonight. Just Oh, not yet. Okay. Two more days. Good. We're glad we caught you. Uh, I just um, really have to acknowledge, like, I finally got to go out to the Outreach and Engagement Center and get my tour with Joe a few weeks before the break. And I have to say that... It has been a passion project for you, and I know not an easy road for all of your team to get this project to where it is, and I'm just so impressed with the outcomes that you've achieved with the way you've made what could otherwise be a pretty sterile building feel like a home for people. Um, I mean, you have a garden, for crying out loud. I mean, it's just so incredible what you've been able to do with such small amount of resources, and so I'm really looking forward to our continued partnership with you, and I want to tell you, Aaron, don't worry. You're leaving it in very good hands. Not not just with your staff, but from all of us on the council who are going to continue to champion all of the sites you helped us create. So thank you. Councilmember Kaplan. 
and Vice Mayor Guetta. Thank you, Mayor. Um, you know, it, it really is every time some of these uh, uh, items come up in regards when we're looking at respite centers, how we're helping our unhoused, I think it needs to be said and built in. And I know this is something that Brian Pedro is working on, but it needs to be repeated. Um, accountability. You know, we're all out in the public and everybody's asking us, how are we spending the money? How is the money being used? Um, where is the money going? And so, like, I know we get monthly report backs, but I think it's also important that we also are holding our contractors that we're hiring for these services, that we actually know where the money is going and, and what serv who's being served. Are they being served? Are we getting them off the streets? Are we making um, a difference? Um, because one of the things I did see in the HOPE Cooperative um, uh, uh, contract is page 10 on monitoring. It only requires a once a year monitor. I know our city staff does more than that, but what if somebody the public just reads this contract and says we're spending millions of dollars yet we're only going out once a year for accountability and monitoring? You know, it sends two different messages where I think we have to have consistency and transparency because the public's really asking for that. Um, I know that a total of 1,490 individuals were served at the respite center. You know, but do we follow up? What other data do we have that I think is, is really important, not just with the monthly report you give us, but I think we need to start breaking it out a little bit because the public is demanding accountability and we need to show them that transparency. Mayor, may I? Yes, please. Uh, so we've talked about this in open session uh, several, several weeks, maybe months ago before the break. And uh, yes, we, we track all the metrics that uh, we report out on a weekly basis, monthly basis. We also have Brian and the team looking over invoices to make sure they're compliant with the contract. Uh, I think the question you're asking is outcomes. What, what does that look like? When they get referred, where do they go? Where do they end up? And so we are working with our county partners to determine that, because once we do the handoff to the county, uh, we, we've requested, and, and we've gotten, maybe Brian can answer this question, uh, requested um, you know, the status of folks. And, so that, that is kind of where it's at. We've, this has also been a topic on the, um, uh, the four by two meetings that we've had too, to get um, you know, status updates more frequently. Well, and I think it goes hand in hand where we as a city are, are stepping up and how can we partner better with the county uh, for the accountability for the public to actually understand that. And then just realize like, I know Brian Pedro's doing the work but the public doesn't know. The public doesn't understand that he's looking over the invoices. You know, so I don't know what the balance is on that, but I'm just asking that we be mindful and think about transparency builds trust and how do, how do we do that? Sure. Very good. Uh, Vice Mayor Guetta, and then I'm gonna make a quick comment. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, for, no, I wanted to just personally thank Aaron and all the team at Hope Cooperative for um, the, the work that we've all learned together with our city staff and, the, and, uh, and their organization. Uh, it's, been, it's been a long, uh, steep learning curve for a lot of us with urgency. <coughs> so I'm you know, very uh, you know, optimistic about where we are moving forward. And I also am very optimistic about their project in my district that we're working for. I want to thank the council for supporting the uh, home key um, vote that hopefully roadway in will increase the number of, uh, of 
housing in, in that motel that, uh, that could have better use. And so we'll have full, uh, that next phase. For someone who comes into a respite center, what's next? And then that home key project at that motel, that's the next phase. So we're, we're building this uh, system for uh, getting, helping people to get into a level of independence. So one step of it, but I'm excited about making sure that it leads to that next phase um, uh, folk. And, and again, uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, uh, recognition goes out to our city staff who's been working co in cooperation with, uh, uh, with Hope Cooperative. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and thank you, Mr. City Manager. Well, this is really an important and appropriate item for the first meeting of the year, in my opinion, because I think it is important that we not only say thank you, um, you know, without partners like Hope Cooperative, without a visionary like Aaron, I see Joe Smith there, um, and people who really believe that every human being can be helped if we do the right thing we would not be as far as we have gotten here in combination with the city team, Howard, thank you, and your team, and now our new incident command structure. I say it a lot, but I'm gonna say it again. We are now up to 1,350 nightly beds in Sacramento. Seven years ago, we had less than 100. And by the way, we have another give or take uh, six to 700 in the queue um, <clears throat> between the city uh, and the county and maybe more after that. And so what does that mean? It means we're helping more people and we're able to achieve, begin to achieve. We've got a long way to go, a cleaner and safer city. Um, and we all know that capacity is connected to compliance or enforcement, whatever you want to call it. I think we've come to a community consensus here, pretty much, that no one should be living out on those streets, period, end of story. And no one has the right to live out on those streets, period, end of story. Success depends on whether or not we take what we have done and we continue to grow it. And by the way, we're doing all of this within a very stressed city budget and relying on partnership. It's Measure U, it's ARPA, it's the state of California. And, and SHRA and all the resources they bring as well. And so um, this is appropriate to say thank you and to, uh, and to acknowledge where we're at and say that we are committed to going a lot farther because we must. All right, those are the comments. I'll take a motion on the consent. I'll move the consent recognizing Council Member Valenzuela's abstention on item 17. Thank you very much. That's a second. We do need to call the roll um, <clears throat> because we have one member, Council Member Maple, uh, who uh, is ill and participating virtually. Thank so please you. call the roll. Council Member Kaplan. Aye. Council Member Lalois absent. Council Member Telemontes. Aye. Council Member Valenzuela. Yes. Council Member Maple. Aye. Vice Mayor Gatta. Aye. Council Member Jennings. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Fang. Yes. Mayor Steinberg. Yes. Okay. Um, let us now move that passes unanimously to nothing. Let us now um, let us now move to the discussion calendar item 19, a special election in Greenbrier. Is Councilmember Kaplan or city staff going to? Okay. <coughs> okay. 
Hi, good evening, Mayor Steinberg and council members. Eric Frederick with the Finance Department. The item before you is a public hearing related to annexation and change proceedings in improvement area number two of the Greenbrier Community Facilities District number 2018-03, or I'll just say IA2 for short. Uh, the owner of two parcels of land has petitioned the city to annex those parcels into IA2. The rate and method of apportionment of special tax, or the RMA for IA2, must be amended to specify the maximum special tax rate for the area to be annexed. Uh, other revisions were made to the RMA to ensure compliance with recent changes to the California Government Code, uh, to update the prepayment formula to account for the additional annexed property, and to ensure consistency with existing properties within IA2. A staff's recommendation is to open the public hearing and upon conclusion adopt the included resolution that will call for a special election to be held on both the annexation and changing the RMA. Uh, thank you and staff is available for any questions. Thank you, Mayor, um, and, and thank you, Eric. Uh, if you don't know the the specifics basically is what uh, this action item is prior to me being elected. Uh, about 27 and a half acres were set up for commercial. Uh, the status of what we look in the environment is not ideal for commercial, so the landowner uh, prior to me coming into this seat requested and it came before city council to make a portion of that into <coughs> residential. And because uh, commercial is exempt, from the CFD, this is now the process to bring those residential properties into the CFD. It is, there is nothing extraordinary, nothing special. It's a lot of contracts and dotting the I's and crossing the T's, but I just wanted to make it seem a little bit more understanding than, uh, than the legal jargon that you are required to uh, present to us. So with that, I'd like to open the hearing calling for a special election to annex the territory and make certain changes to the CFD. Greenbrier CFD District 2018-03 and close it. There a second on that? Second. second, we do have one member of the public who wants to testify. Let's hear from the public. Please. Thank you, Mac Worthy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, panel. This is another process of tax on the public. That's all it is. We went through this to Depot Heights, Robinson Center, went through it in Oak Park. Give me a second. What was the difference in making, put, put that money in there? That's when they say improvement. They get, get who they want to improve. It's no beneficial error to the community people. Just don't be, what does the Robinson Center benefit the neighborhood? They have to pay to get in. What does the community center in Oak Park? You have to pay to go in. Tell the people the truth. You are lying to the public about process of tax. Now, <coughs> for the rate, why didn't you come to the public, bring it to here and say, what is the rate? You go behind closed doors and make the rate. That's lying to the public of how you're using the political work. You can sit out here and lie because that's what all you're doing about the tax. That's when people leave in California every day because you have taxed them to death. How many people in that neighborhood making $80,000 a year? Ask them. Go there and ask them how many. How many of their kids are participating in those facilities? Ask them. None. They fixed this to be another a welfare, that we got a grant to re this facility. Just like you, 
apply for a grant. That is a law in applying for a grant. There's time limit in applying for a grant. Just to be just that, that same district, applying for a grant, and didn't meet the deadline, but nothing was repercussion. Wake up, Mayor. It's time for you to go. Thank you for your comments. Mary, I have no more speakers. Okay. Thank you. There is a motion and a second. Let's uh, call the roll, please. Thank you. Councilmember Kaplan? Aye. Councilmember Lillo is absent. Councilmember Talamantes? Aye. Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Vice Mayor Guetta? Aye. Councilmember Maple? Aye. Vice Mayor Guetta? Aye. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Vang? Yes. And Mayor Steinberg? Yes. All right. That passes. Thank you very much. Yes. Unanimously. Um, so let's move to item 20, and I guess I'm going to start with that presentation. And I know uh, Mayor Protem Vang wants to make the motion. Um, one of the privileges that uh, the mayor of this city gets at the beginning um, of every calendar year is to nominate a vice mayor. And we now have a tradition of nominating a mayor pro tem as well. And so I want to begin, first of all, by thanking um, current Vice Mayor Eric Guetta and Mayor Pro Tem Mai Vang for doing an outstanding job in 2023. Um, you know, uh, let's just say 2023 was not a year of easy council meetings. Um, <laughs> and there were a few times, more than a few times, where uh, I desperately needed uh, a break from the dais. Uh, and you... Um, by reputation and by, you know, what everyone saw was that you really ran uh, great meetings and, um, and did a really good job. And Mayor Pro Tem Vang, I know there wasn't as many opportunities necessarily to have the gavel, but you um, did a great job as well. I mean, you carried that title with uh, honor and distinction out in the community. And, um, you know, you're just a, a bright light here. Um, in this city uh, as, as the new generation of leadership begins to, begins to take, take power. Um, and so tonight, um, in the spirit of creating additional opportunities for especially members who um, are relatively new but are, are helping lead the charge here in the city, I want to nominate um, Councilmember Katie Maple as Vice Mayor and Councilmember Karina Talamantes as the Mayor Pro Tem. Um, and by the way, everybody over the course of time should get a shot and an opportunity um, to, to hold these uh, jobs. But this year I, I wanted to nominate these two because I think that um, they have both um, had, uh, along with Councilmember Kaplan, had a really strong first year and um, have have shown real leadership um, in some real tough situations and tough times. And um, as I think about exiting the stage, um, I want to make sure that with all of you um, that um, we're, we're, we're giving people the opportunity to be able to lead and, you know, and, and as they say in Hamilton, be in the room where it happens. Um, and so this is my, uh, my honor to make these nominations tonight, and I know you will do a great job. <clears throat> um, I have, I know Mayor Pro Tem Vang wanted to make a motion. You would ask me, do you mind if I take her first and then Councilmember Kaplan? Is that okay? Oh, you forgot to. Oh, I forgot to move you off. Okay, no, no problem. Okay. 
Uh, Mayor Pro Tem Vang. Thanks, Mayor. First, I just wanted to say thank you uh, to you for giving me the opportunity to serve the city as Mayor Pro Tem this past year. Uh, it's been an honor serving in this capacity, and I'm really excited for uh, new members to serve in these roles. Both Council Member Talamantes and Councilwoman uh, Maple have hit the ground running in their first year, serving not just their community, but this entire city, and you can see that through their heart and hustle. So I'm really excited about your recommendation, and it is an honor to make the motion to support your recommendation, appointing Karina Talamantes as Mayor Pro Tem and Katie Maple as Vice Mayor. Seconded by uh, current Vice Mayor Guetta. Um, let's hear from uh, Councilmember Talamantes and then uh, maybe uh, Councilmember Maple. I just want to say thank you, Mayor. Um, this is your last year here in local elected office, and it's an honor uh, to serve alongside you and the rest of my colleagues. Thank you so much for giving me and uh, Vice Mayor Maple this opportunity. Uh, last year, we made history by becoming a majority woman city council, um, the first, second time in history, and tonight we're furthering that. And we have two women appointed to our committees and a vice mayor and mayor pro tem that are women. So more history in the making. So thank you, Mayor. You're welcome. Council Member Maple. Yeah, I just want to, well, one, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I can't be there in person um, to, to share this with you all, but I also don't want to share my germs. So <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate that. Um, but I, I, I also echo um, Mayor Pro Tem Talamantes's or soon to be uh, comments. I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to, to serve, serve with you, Mayor, in your, in your last year in this office. Um, and then I have really big uh, shoes to fill. So, you know, it was great, great learning from um, Vice Mayor Eric Guerra and Mayor Pro Tem, uh, Maya Vang, and, and watching you run meetings. And uh, I hope, hope to make you all proud. So just really, really thrilled for this opportunity. Thank you. Okay. Um, very good. Thank you. Thank you both. We do have a motion and a second, and let's call the roll. Thank you. Council Member Kaplan. Councilmember Lilloy's absent. Councilmember Talamantes? Yes. Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Councilmember Maple? Aye. Vice Mayor Guetta? Aye. Councilmember Jennings? 150%, yes. Mayor Pro Tem Vang? Yes. And Mayor Steinberg? Yes. Congratulations. And, uh, um, and I hand you both the gavel for the rest of the year. Mary, do you have. <laughs> Do you have one speaker on this item? Oh. Do you want we, to take Mr. Mackworthy? Mr. Worthy, we would already you like voted, to speak Mr. On this Worthy, item? but if you'd like to speak, you're welcome to speak. Sure. <laughs> Mr. Worthy, this is on Vice Mayor and Mayor Pro Tem selection. We're used to those type of procedures. It's nothing wrong. People, now, there's nothing wrong with extending your cabin. But what did they bring? What did this young lady bring to the city here? Nothing. Oh, no business. Nothing. She, school board, what did she bring to the ship? Nothing. She brought the youth thing. That's all she brought. What are these two here going to bring? When, when did they stand here as I stand here and speak to the city council before they was elected? This is what you look at as a growing city. Instead of a friendship at the table, you got to get away from it. Young public, you can ask the same question. You have a right. This is about freedom of speech. We got too many clauses in the politician procedures. If you tear that chatter down and chatter down, you'll find out just what I'm trying to tell you. That's where your problem is in that chatter. 
You got to go into that. That's what I thought this guy leaving going to do. No, he didn't. He sit there and he bite the dirt. Somebody here know what went on out there. Somebody here visited his house, right here. Did his house put it in the mayor's house? Wake up, people. Wake up. All territory. You let him speak for 10 minutes about homosexuality in Toronto. What did that help here? Sit down, fella. Look, we I'm we here under the freedom of speech. You are the problem for this city. You got to get this garbage out of here before this city move forward. Anti-Semitism, homophobia, you just keep repeating it. Sit it, down. Nobody cares. Territory. What is territory? You got no territory on Rand. But you get to still run that shit by the people here because people you don't know. Nobody That's why. cares. Thank you for your comments. Mary, I have no more speakers. <clears throat> Sorry, I haven't. I have a reaction to, to bigotry. Apologize. Okay. <clears throat> Members, I'd like to take items um, 21 and 25 first, if we may please. The two contracts, if we can. 21 and 25, you can present together and then we'll vote separately. <clears throat> Good evening, Mayor and Council. My name is Kristen Snyder. I'm a Labor Relations Officer with the Department of Human Resources. My peers and myself are going to present on the six successor MOUs that are item 21, and then one of my peers will also speak to item 25 for the other successor MOU. Um, one of our peers, Leslie Wisniewski, is absent tonight, so I will be presenting on her contracts as well, so just know we're going a little out of order here. First, we have the Auto Marine and Specialty Painters, Local 1176. We began negotiating with 1176 on July 10th of 2023. Tentative agreement was reached on December 1st, and the unit ratified on December 19th. Terms are as follows. Term dates are December 30th of 2023 through January 9th of 2026. Effective December 30th, salary ranges will be increased by 5.5%. Within 60 calendar days, all employees who are still on payroll will receive retroactive pay. <coughs> Effective July 13 of 2024, Salary ranges will be increased by 4%. Within 90 day, calendar days of adoption, all employees will receive a signing bonus of $2,000. For plan year 2024, health and welfare contributions shall be as follows. Employee only, $955 per month. Employee plus one, $1,520 per month. And employee plus two or more, $2,026 per month. Plan year 2025 will also have a cost share provision in which the city contribution, um, the city will um, share contribution rate up of 50% up to $50 maximum for premium increases to our benchmark plans. Next, we have station engineer, local 39 plant operators unit. We began negotiating in June of 2023. Tentative agreement was reached on December 13th of 2023 and the unit ratified on December 20th of 2023. The new terms are as follows. Term dates, December 30th of 2023 through December 26th of 2025. Effective December 30th of 2023, all salary ranges will be increased by 6%. Within 60 calendar days, all employees who are still on payroll and in a classification covered by local 39 plan operators will receive retroactive pay. Effective July 13th of 2024, salary ranges will be increased by 4%. Within 60 calendar days of adoption, all employees will receive a signing bonus of $500. Effective July 13th of 2024, employees required to be on standby assignment for emergency work 
shall be paid for $47 per day while on standby. For plan year 2024, health and welfare contributions are as follows. For employee only, $955 per month. Employee plus one, $1,520 per month. And for employee plus two or more, $2,026 per month. This group also has 2025 plan year uh, maintenance of effort language, same as the group I just read before. Now I turn it over to Chief. Okay. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. My name is Chi Kang, and I'm also a Labor Relations Officer with the City of Sacramento's Human Resources Department, and I am the Chief Negotiator for Local 39C General Supervisor. Um, the parties began negotiations on June 15, 2023, and on December 8, 2023, we reached a tentative agreement. Following um, December 19, 2023, uh, the Local 39 membership ratified the contract. So today I'm bringing to you um, a successful MOU for your consideration and with staff recommendation to adopt. The highlights of the contract are a 24-month term effective September 23rd, 2023 through September 19th, 2025. The salary um, provisions are as follows. Effective September 23rd, 2023, salary ranges will be increased by 6%. And within 60 calendar days of the adoption, employees who are still on payroll and in a classification covered by the agreement will receive retroactive pay. Effective July 13th, 2024, salary ranges will be increased by 4%. There is also a signing bonus with this contract. Um, within 60 calendar days, all employees active on the payroll and in a class covered by the contract will receive a $1,000 signing bonus. The health and welfare provisions of this contract are similar to what Kristen had already uh, reiterated, but I will say it again. Uh, effective December 30th, 2023, employee only will receive $955 per month. Employee plus one is $1,520 per month. Employee plus two is $2,026 per month. And there's also a, a maintenance of effort language in this contract for the first pay period. Effective first pay period of 2025, city will cover 50% of the first $50 increases in healthcare premiums up to a max of $25. And that's it Ms. Kang? Yes. Could you, uh, one thing that you said, I just want to clarify. So you said Local 39. We ratified Correct. part of Local 39 before the end of the year. Can you explain the, the difference sure. here, please? Yeah. So the first contract that we had brought before you was Local 39A miscellaneous, and that was the, um, the larger unit. Tonight, we have the Local 39B, which Kristen had already presented. That's the plant operator unit. And right now, I am presenting the C contract, which is the general supervisor. So there's okay. three different contracts. Good. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, Mr. Arnold, do you have a presentation as well? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chi. <coughs> Good evening, Mayor and Council Members, and Happy New Year. My name is Sean Arnold. I'm a Labor Relations Officer with the Department of Human Resources and was a Chief Negotiator for the City for the successor contract with Local 447. I'm bringing Local 447 successor contract for your consideration along with the staff recommendation to adopt it. We began negotiations with 447 in June of 23. We reached a tentative agreement on December 14th, 23. The highlights of the new MOU 24-month term beginning July 1st, 23 through July 11th, 25. Effective July 1st, salary ranges are increasing by 10% with retroactive pay for those employees on payroll at the time of implementation. Effective the first pay period after council adopts, 
We are also increasing standby pay from $35 to $40 a day. And then the same health and welfare contributions that she and Kristen have already gone over, $9.55 a month for employee only, $15.20 for employee plus one, $20.26 for employee plus two or more, and then the maintenance of effort in 2025. Um, that's the local 447 contract. I'll be back to talk about scale when we get there. Hi, it's my turn again, Kristen Snyder, Labor Relations. I'm presenting on behalf of Leslie Wisniewski for the successor MOU for the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, or IAM for short. Um, this group began meeting on Jan excuse me, June 14th of 2023 for negotiations. They met a, a total of nine times, and tentative agreement was reached on December 15th. This unit successfully ratified on December 27th. The new term for this contract is July 1st of 2023 through July 11th of 2025. Effective July 1st of 2023, salary ranges will be increased by 10%. Within 60 calendar days, all employees who are still on payroll and in a classification covered by IAM will receive retroactive pay. Effective January 13 of 2024, employees required to be on a standby assignment for emergency work shall be paid 45, excuse me, $40 per day while on standby. Um, for the plan year 2024 health and welfare contributions, same as we read before, but just for the record, employee only shall be as follows, $9.55 per month, employee plus one dependent, $1,520 per month, and employee plus two or more is $2,026 per month. And we have the same maintenance of effort language for calendar year 2025. Last but not least for this item, we have um, the Sacramento Sierra Building and Construction Trade Council success for MOU, which I was the chief negotiator on behalf of the city. We began negotiating on June 14th of 2023. We reached tentative agreements on December 21st of 2023, and the unit successfully ratified on December 28th of 2023. The new term for this contract is July 1st of 2023 through July 11th of 2025. Effective July 1st of 2023, salary ranges will be increased by 10%. Within 60 calendar days of adoption, all employees who are still on payroll in a classification covered by the Building Trades Unit will receive retroactive pay. Effective January 13th of 2024, employees required to remain on call for emergency work shall receive $45 per day of on call. Um, again, for health and welfare, for plan year 2024, uh, the amounts are as follows, $955 for employee only, $1,520 for employee plus one dependent, and $2,026 per month for employee plus two or more dependents. This unit also has the plan year 2025 maintenance of effort language. Can you all three go through all those numbers again, please? <laughs> if I'm not happy to stand here all night and do that for you, yes. Just kidding. Um, so I, I just, if I may, and then I'll turn it to my colleagues, Ms. Snyder, Ms. Kang, Mr. Arnold, Mr. Donato, Ms. Milstein, Ms. Wisniewski, who I know is not here tonight, and of course, our city manager, Howard Chan, who quarterbacked all of this. I just want to say outstanding job to all of you. You brought this home, right? And in a way that's fair, now we're going to face some challenges here with our city budget upcoming. But we said at the beginning of the year, uh, as a city council, that we're going to do right by our city employees. And I believe we have met that test through hard bargaining, um, through creativity and through really hard and diligent work, including a lot of weekends and a lot of, uh, and a lot of overtime. And so I just want <coughs> to express my appreciation as the mayor for all of you um, for helping bring this home, as well as the unions, the exclusive representatives who do a great job um, representing their members, our employees, 
and who um, loved the city, too. That's, that's why we're able to come to a, a decent place. So thank you. Members, Vice Mayor. Uh, Mr. Mayor, if we could do public comment first and then. Oh, public comments. We'll do, we have, do we have public comment? Mayor, I don't have any. We do not on this item. item. So Vice Mayor. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, first, let me just thank the, the, the team while they're up there. appreciate the, uh, the work. Um, most of you heard my direct comments during the collective bargaining <laughs> process, and, and I appreciate where we're at here. And, and, uh, but I, and uh, City Manager, I know you, uh, you uh, uh, like I said, uh, moved uh, on, on uh, something that we declared as a priority early on to making sure that we looked at um, how we support our staff, particularly after w the winter that we faced last year. And we're at that phase again this year. You know, I want to thank, again, all of our, uh, our collective bargaining representatives from our different unions. You know, those of our city employees, I know I've talked to a lot of the employees that live in my uh, district, that live in my neighborhood, um, you know, whether they, you know, were, uh, you know, uh, working at, 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 uh, as a tree trimmer, you know, during the heavy storms, you know, when, you know, it was 3 in the morning and the, the road is flooded, they were out there, you know, when it was 110 degrees and they had to respond to, you know, some of our uh, other trees that were <coughs> impacted, uh, whether it was a road closure, making sure that, you know, the water treatment plant is running, particularly one of the, the, uh, the most uh, uh, heavily used days, which happens to be uh, Super Bowl Sunday, you know. Uh, and, uh, but more importantly, one of the, the two key things here is recognizing that some of our employees are, are, have to be available when they're, uh, when it's, whether it's at night, in the day, or when their kids are at, at school doing their performances, uh, they have to be there to make sure that we have a safe and healthy city. And it was not lost on me when I, when a lot of the parents and, when, and, uh, and the spouses came here to talk about, you know, uh, you know, the needs that they had and their commitment to the city, their commitment to their neighbors. So this collective bargaining agreement, uh, you know, a resolution here is, is important because uh, it's just that step. It's the next step in the development of that contract. And also the recognition that um, we had to look at the rising cost of health care as well and making sure that we recognized that a contract that resulted in less in their take home because of health care was not a fair contract. <clears throat> and so I want to thank the team. I want to thank the city manager for recognizing that. And also, we know that, that that's going to mean a difficult challenge for the next year. But making sure that families don't, who work for the city um, you know, um, and face the day-to-day -day challenges of making sure that we have uh, good parks, safe roads, uh, our fire department and peace officers who are responding to our, our constituents every day who live in our city uh, for their neighbors are being recognized. And with that, Mr. Mayor, uh, again, I want to thank everyone for uh, for a long process here to find a, a, a resolution for this contract. I know we have another contracts that are going to come up in in uh, in the next cycle. Uh, and with that, I'll uh, uh, open and close. No, this is just a discussion item. So I'll go ahead and move the item, Mr. Mayor. And want to thank everyone who, who who's here. I know I see some of our labor partners in the audience and appreciate their due diligence for being here and being um, uh, responsive to this. Are you making a motion on 22 or I'll, I'll 21 make an, or 25? on 21 and also a motion on 25. I know we have to do. Yeah. We didn't present 25 yet. Just 21. Okay, so a motion on 21, okay? 
And the seconded, uh, Mayor Pro Tem Talamantis. Um, to our city manager, thank you so much. 5,000 plus employees in the city of Sacramento. And to our HR labor team, thank you so much. And our unions, I mean, you deserve it all. Um, you know, you work for the city of Sacramento and it's our role here to make sure that our constituents and our community members get quick responses, that they hear from you and that we're able to tackle the different <coughs> problems and issues that we have across the city. So thank you so much for working for the city of Sacramento and uh, I hope you retire with us um, and stay with us for a very long time. And just thank you for everyone involved. Thank you very much. Councilmember Vang. Thanks, Mayor. I just wanted to echo both of my colleagues. I also just want to take this opportunity to thank our negotiation team and all the union reps for working really hard and working diligently to, to get us to this moment. Um, our city staff, as, as I've always shared, they're the backbone of the city. Nothing runs without them. We can be up here, you know, approving budget, setting a vision, but none of that gets done without our city, uh, without our city staff. I met several of them this morning during my 6 a.m. run this morning at the park as well. They're already out there making sure that, you know, our parks were clean and safe and ready to go and so I'm just really grateful uh, to each and every one of you all of our city workers I know right now you know even with my conversations with three of them this morning at the park have shared with me that right now they're even still struggling to get by, right? And I think it's so important that the city, uh, that we do everything we can to make sure that we provide them a living wage so they can provide for their families. And so just my sincere appreciation to city staff, to our negotiation team, um, and uh, our, our union reps for all the hard work uh, to get to this moment. And uh, hoping, I think you're gonna get your yes votes uh, tonight and just really happy that uh, we were able to finalize these contracts. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, uh, Councilmember Valenzuela. Yeah, I'll just say ditto to the comments that my colleagues have made. Thank you to the city team who made this happen. And more than anything, thank you to the working people who make this city run. Um, we would not be we would not be able to do anything <laughs> without each and every single one of you. And I hope that this is a small token of us showing that appreciation for all the work we know that so many of you are doing every single day to keep the city running and to keep the residents safe and, and healthy. So just wanted to echo my colleagues. And I won't say it again for SEXEA on the next item, but you too. <laughs> Save us some time when we get there. But thank you all for your patience. It was a really long process. I hope the retro pay is helpful to all of your members, and I look forward to working with all of you, hopefully, for a long time to come. Thank you, uh, everybody. Uh, oh, Vice Mayor, did you have another? Okay. Oh, for the next time. Okay. Um, Madam Clerk, please call the roll on item number 21. Thank you. Councilmember Kaplan? Aye. Councilmember Lilloe's absent. Mayor Pro Tem Talamantes? Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Vice Mayor Maple? Aye. Councilmember Guetta? Aye. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Mayor Steinberg? Yes. Thank you. That passes. Let's now go to item 25. Thank you again. I was the chief negotiator for the city for the Sacramento City Exempt Employees Association successor contract, uh, SCXEA. I'm here to bring you that contract along with consideration, or for your consideration, along with the staff recommendation to adopt. We began negotiations in May of 23. We reached a tentative agreement with SCXEA on December 20th, 2023. Highlights of the new MOU, 24-month term from September 23rd, 23 through September 19, 25. Effective September 23, 23. Salary range is going to increase 5% with retroactive pay for those employees on payroll at the time of implementation. Effective July 13th, 24, salary ranges will increase an additional 
Effective July 13th, 2024, employees who have completed 17 years of service will begin receiving 3% longevity, longevity pay. And then effective July 27th, 2024, the 12-step salary schedule for SCXDA will be collapsed to an eight-step salary schedule with 5% between steps. Along with those items, the health and welfare contributions that we've discussed so far, the 955 for employee only, 1520 for employee plus one, 2026 for employee plus two, plus the maintenance of effort in 2025. That's the SCAA contract. If you have any questions, somebody. Thank you very much. Uh, Vice Mayor? I mean, uh, <laughs> Council Member Getting, yeah. no, sorry. <laughs> if, uh, if there's no public comment, Mr. Mayor, then uh, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and move the item. I'll second. Oh. I'm sorry, do we have public testimony? Hold on. I do. I have no speaker slips on this There's item. There are no speaker slips on this item, sir. You didn't, fi you didn't fill out a sl speaker slip. Yeah, I wasn't aware. Is, is this on the contract? This is um, what I'm understanding to be the exempt employees, which includes, like, for example, um, Mr. Chan. No, that, that's coming up. Okay. That, those items are coming up. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Councilmember Kaplan, did you have a comment? Uh, I just wanted to echo uh, so that we can move this from item 21 to item 25, thanking all of our labor leaders, but specifically with SEX, uh, understanding <laughs> that they're a different uh, employee group and collapsing their step and column and streamlining some things I think is going to be really helpful for them because they come from multiple different departments um, and organizations. So thank you for the extra steps on that and seconded the item. Very good. It's second. Okay. Please call the roll on item 25. Thank you, Mayor. On item 25, it was motioned by Councilmember Guetta and a second by Kaplan. Councilmember Kaplan? Aye. Councilmember Lalois absent. Mayor Pro Tem Talamantes? Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Vice Mayor Maple? Aye. Councilmember Guetta? Aye. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Mayor Steinberg? Yes. All right, item 25 passes. Okay, who's making the presentation on items 22 through 24? I am, Your Honor. Mr. Donato, please make the presentation for all three. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Mayor and Council. Aaron Donato, your Labor Relations Manager. First, I want to say thank you for recognizing my Labor Relations staff. They worked very hard. In addition to them, so did finance staff Jason Bader, Lila Menor, and our city attorney, uh, Assistant City Attorney Brett Witter. Thank you very much, sir. Agenda items 22 through 24 include recommendations of salary and benefit increases for various executive employees as follows. All executive employees, including all department heads and charter officers, shall have the opportunity to receive increased medical benefit contributions for city-sponsored plans to be in line with the increases given to represented staff and mayor and council. The new rates will be, for employee only, up to $955 per month, or for employee plus one dependent, up to $1,520 per month, or for employee plus two or more dependents, up to $2,026 per month. In addition to the described healthcare contributions, the city manager's salary is being increased to, and I have to read the pennies out to the sixth decimal point so it can get a little confusing, being increased to $202.242466 per hour, effective February 11th, 2023 and he shall receive 240 hours of management leave time that may not be cashed out and does not expire. The city attorney's 
salary is being increased to $177.211822 per hour, effective March 25th, 2023. The city clerk's salary is being increased to $119.474909 per hour, effective July 29th, 2023. The city treasurer's salary is being increased to $137.856476 per hour, effective April 22nd, 2023. And the director of the Office of Public Safety Accountability's salary is being increased to $114.345000 per hour, effective February 11th, 2023. Thank you, and that concludes my report. <clears throat> okay, I want to uh, take public testimony on these items together, please. Thank you. So I'm going to take testimony on items 22, 23, and 24. So you'll be able to speak one time on all three items. Um, first speaker is Lambert, then David Drellinger, then Marbea Sala. That's a tremendous disadvantage, I believe, to uh, bring them all together. It eliminates us from speaking on each one. I filled out a separate form for 22 and 24. But since you did it that way, it'll speed me up. Um, I personally do not believe that city employees should get a raise if they're working remotely. I mean, what's the raise for? You don't have to go anywhere. That's why I always comment on Minty Cuppy, because she was sitting right over there during the pandemic. That's tremendous integrity. Uh, I don't believe uh, Howard city manager should receive any raise. My family has been embroiled in many conflicts with his office. If you put this up here, this is a memo sent on my family, and we didn't even know about it. It talks about a memo from uh, Howard Chan to Mayor Steinberg and the city council, but it didn't CC my family. And my family's the one submitted the paperwork, not the mayor, not the city council. We filled it out. And we didn't need a staff to help me fill it out because I know how to read. And the other thing is, this was a, an article on Howard Chan by uh, Sacramento News and Review, where he was a con confirmed involved in a lot of racist behavior towards black employees inside City Hall and towards my family. And this is confirming in 20 seconds, shout out to the Sacramento Bee. While I was gone out of town, they proved that, he, that they're still up to shenanigans inside the city manager's office. I think he should be terminated and I think that uh, uh, his assistance should be terminated as well. <laughs> Comments? David Drellinger, then Marbea Sala. Hello, my name is David Drellinger. Um, some of you know I'm running for Eric uh, Getter's seat in the next uh, upcoming election. I want to speak real quick to say, uh, Howard, uh, in 2022, you made $548,000 in total wages. That is not including your health care, not including the retirement contributions. You're already the highest salaried city manager in California. Um, Sacramento has a $1.5 billion budget. 
and we have 5,075 full-time employees to serve 518K residents. <laughs> Currently, 50.2% of our budget is going to um, employee services and salaries. Um, and 40%, that's coming from 46% of citizen paid taxes. Um, the city was already facing a budget deficit. We were looking at a $24.5 million budget deficit if we continue homelessness services and uh, we're not federally or state funded. Um, however, I just spoke with your office today and was told that that's in upcoming weeks we're going to learn that that number is much greater. Um, you know, to a reasonable person on a budget, this information should tell you to buckle down, to not spend additional money, to not go for luxuries. And you as the city council, you have a heightened duty. You have an ethical duty to buckle down and to make smart decisions with our shared money. Um, your duty is enhanced here. You need to make a decision. You need to be good stewards of our money. Um, I would launch into an example using uh, Los Angeles as, as a pilot city, but I, I don't have the time here since you've combined all of these issues together. I also want to speak out about the city uh, attorney's uh, salary, but I don't have time to do that. I just want to ask you guys a call to action. Rick, Eric, even though he's, he walked away because he saw me coming up here, uh, Karina, Katie, Mayor, you guys make a good decision here. Do the right thing. Do the right thing for the city. Okay? This is your job. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. I have nine more speakers. I have nine more speakers, Marbea Sala, Kevin Bolts, then Robert Copeland. Good evening, and thank you. And uh, 2024 is going to be an exciting year and provide us op great opportunities for our community. But I'm here to speak on what happened right before break. I'm not going to argue about the merits of salaries because um, what I was most upset about is how all of you handled um, the agenda item right before the holiday break, you snuck in the whole um, issue about the salaries for the executives at the bottom of the special meeting after all, after all of the discussions about the union that was intentional because you wanted to keep the community from having a discussion about the salaries and it, you played games with that. You knew what you were doing and what I want to ask is where was the city attorney and the city clerk? Did they advise you not to do it? And if they did, did you ignore them? Because I'm on the Measure U committee and I can tell you the attorneys are there. The attorney, he sits with us and he tells us when we can do something or we cannot do something and we abide by that, we listen to it because we know the importance of following the rules and regulations. You all talk about integrity, transparency, and building the trust in this community will, a little, um, few weeks ago, you violated that. You destroyed that because we now, when you come to us and say, trust us, we're doing the best for our community. We, you know, we're doing the best with our money. We're transparent. We're gonna think twice about it because that was disingenuous what happened. And those of you who voted yes, I'm disappointed. Yeah. And those of you who abstained should have said no. Yes. Thank you. Next speaker is Kevin Boltz. Boltz, then Robert Copeland, then Keon Bliss. Bye, Daryl. Daryl said earlier that he opposes bigotry. I hope that also includes Sean Lalole's bigotry towards his undocumented employees. 
Let's also stop calling Sean absent. He got fucking indicted by the MBI, FBI, excuse me, and he has resigned. Even for a city devoid of scruples, let alone morals, the attempt to sweep Sean the lowly under the rug is impressively sad. We have a long history of rewarding mediocrity, mostly in the form of promotions and accolades for killer police officers in the city. But giving raises to the duo of offices, city attorney and city manager, who failed so greatly in the investigation into the residence of one council member, Lololi, it raises questions not only of integrity, but also of malpractice. Because how the fuck did you guys come to the conclusion that Sean Lowley lives in a tiny house in District 2 when the FBI came to the conclusion he lives in Granite Bay? Are you that bad at your job? Did you forget your job? Are all your accolades and education made up? Did you lie on your resume? Are you dumb? I'm, I'm curious, because neither of you seem incapable. You're quite competent at screwing us over whenever it serves you. But as soon as it comes to holding someone like Sean accountable, we've lost all ability to do our job. It's quite impressive. So not only did you come to the conclusion that Sean lives somewhere he doesn't, lived in a house that his rich ass would never live in, with some employees he would never live with, but you also didn't come to the same conclusion as the FBI. And what I would give to see every email, document, and text message related to that investigation, and thanks to the California Public Records Request Act, I probably will get to eventually. And hopefully, I'll find a gem that's so good, it furthers the FBI's interest into Councilman Lololi and how exactly he got to keep that job in the first place. I have a feeling that might pucker a couple assholes up here on the dais. So hopefully we get to further think about, talk about, and investigate how Councilman Lalo was Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Robert Granite Copeland. Bay. Robert Copeland, then Keon Bliss, then O. Oh yeah, don't give them raises either. They suck at their job. No shouting out, please. Uh, give them Howard Chant a pay raise. Are you insane? Because <laughs> uh, he's incompetent in my opinion. Uh, the last speaker, uh, I agree with the last speaker. <coughs> and also, uh, Howard Chan, the highest paid city manager in California, is that true? <coughs> I think you should be either fired or get a 20% pay cut. And if you get the pay raise, do a better job, Howard Chan, because you're incompetent, in my opinion. Oh, Robert. Tonight, I'm not, he's incompetent. Don't call me out, Mayor Stabberg. Why don't you resign like Sean uh, Lully? You're incompetent too. Our next speaker is Keon Bliss. Following Keon is O, then MVW. Many of you on this dais are not feeling the love or respect of your community right now. It's because you are not showing them respect at all in this. I mean, that vote on the, like, at less than 12, 24 hours notice, as was previously mentioned, was despicable. It was anti-democratic. But frankly, it's emblematic of a city that is not actually founded as a democratic city, uh, democratically run city. It is actually just a publicly owned corporation that his primary purpose is to do business. How do I know that? Because I've actually read the city charter. For example, do you know how many times Sacramento City Charter mentions any of the words democracy, democratic, or Republican, or Republican form of governments? Zero. 
Nada. Not one bit. And do you know how many times the word business is mentioned? 1,813 times. Administration of business, 1,638 times. Economy, 19 times. Commerce, 15 times. I'm not going to begrudge a, like everyday like rank and file employees from getting a raise. They absolutely deserve it. But the idea that we have financial stewards who consider themselves people of integrity who would sneak in their own pay raises when they know full well that we're facing a, like, a budget deficit that could go on for years and doesn't have the grace to forego their, their benefits first so that others can enjoy them. There's nothing respectable about that. And y'all know that. It's no secret. And that's why you're not going to get respect from a lot of members of the community. Why would they? When you insult their intelligence by thinking this is a good decision to raise the increase the salary of the highest paid employee in the state. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is O, then MVW. I have five more speakers. Last year, when the council voted on Howard Chan's pay raise, Howard couldn't even sit in his seat long enough to let me finish my public comment. So like I said last year, Howard Chan walks around with the same non-accountability and immunity the police officers in this city get, which is no wonder why anytime SAC PD has asked the council for something, Howard Chan makes sure they get it. Again, let's remember Howard Chan is a hired employee, not an elected official, meaning he was not voted in by the community, and yet everything he oversees directly impacts our black, brown, and poor communities. Let me give y'all just a few reasons why Howard Chan doesn't deserve a raise. Augustine Morales, Lionel Rodriguez, Juan Carlos Rodriguez, Jeremy Southern, Daryl Richards, Brandon Smith, Stefan Clark, Joseph Mann, Dejan Flaneau, Dante Day, and Clavon Miles. Since Howard has been city manager, all of these black and brown men have lost their lives at the hands of SAC PD, and unsurprisingly, since Howard has been city manager, he has not fired a single officer to this day. The city will never know justice until this council knows a accountability and transparency first. Howard Chan also holds the power of opening safe shelter sites and oversees homelessness in this city. And despite opening the new shelter site that took Howard months to come up with and still did it despite there no longer being a council member representing District 2, there are still over 20,000 unhoused people on our streets and the relentless inhumane city sweeps have not stopped even during the winter weather. Howard Chan should not get the power to oversee so much and also get to be the highest paid, most absent city employee on the dais. By violating the Brown Act and voting for Howard's raise without the community present, it has been made very clear that you all are so loyal to Howard that you're willing to betray the very community and constituents that you represent. But I guess that's just democracy, right, Mayor? I want you all to look at Sean's empty seat and remember it was not the council who Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Our next speaker is MVW. Then David Calaby, MVW, David Calaby, Joseph Stein. We demand that you vote against Howard Chan's seventh raise in a row and fire him instead. Our city is facing a deficit and you want to give him another raise? You already broke the Brown Act the first time. How are we supposed to ever trust you? 
Howard has been city manager since 2017. He, he even won city manager of the year in 2022. It's appointed, not elected. Since Howard has been placed into his position by Darrell, the unhoused population has quadrupled. Nearly 700 unhoused have died on our streets. Their blood is on all of your hands. Opening 1,350 beds isn't housing, but you all seem so proud of yourself. You say that no one has a right to live on the street, but where's their human right to self-reliance and self-preservation? Whether that be in a park, an abandoned lot, or on the sidewalk, people have a right to survive however they can. If you are not providing services, then you have no right to sweep or criminalize. Every two days, an unhoused person dies in Sacramento. That number, because of Howard, is going to go up this year. He also refuses to fire murderous SAC PD officers. Do we need to come in here and play each one of their videos being murdered? Do we need to do that? Because we will do that this year. As the king of Sacramento, his power is overreaching and unlimited. Howard even threatened last time to vacate his seat if his pay increase wasn't approved. In 2022, he made over $550,000. Your constituents can't pay their rent. They can't afford gas. They can't afford food. They can't afford childcare. But you want to give him another raise? Give every unhoused person in Sacramento $1,000 and watch their life change. That's what you can do with his extra $20,000. Shame on you. We demand you fire him instead and put an elected, an elected person in their position so that we the people have our voice. And who was our manager? Next speaker is David Callaby. Following David is Joseph Stein and then Courtney. Good evening. Um, clearly, uh, there's a lot of other people that share some of the views I have here. But mainly I'm addressing at this point uh, Mr. Chan's raise. And since he started, in the six-year span he started, according to Transparent California, which seems to be a very common, reputable site, he started out with pay and benefits totaling $229,000. In six years, that's almost tripled my cost of living. I work for reportedly the third largest law enforcement agency in the country, and I'm a supervisor there. And I get 5% raises. I don't get 100% raises every three years. Now, he, according to Transparent California, in 2022, made in pay and benefits $652,087. This is absurd. Now, to top this off, he used to run the traffic division. I mean, the uh, parking division, as I understand it, which right now I'm also covering in a later portion in this where they are issuing illegal parking tickets that don't comply with the law and refusing to correct them. I've sent each of you packets with all the rules, regulations, including vehicle code 40202 that they do not comply with, as well as um, Sacramento City Code sections 10.56, starting with where it states that the city is required to uh, void out all those tickets. I've sent all this information to Mr. Chan six months ago. And he refuses to even respond, but he set up a lot of how the parking divisions run. Matt Ironman is there, and I talked to him about the city falsifying adjudication documentation, claiming that they meet requirements. They don't. He actually said he does not find the fraud very egregious. So I'm going to be covering that a little bit later. But $652,000 and a two. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Joseph Stein. 
And then Courtney will be our final speaker. Good evening, Mayor and City Council. I can only refer to Mr. Chan's actions uh, just before the holiday of doing the, the raise as nefarious. Um, I work the street, you know, I work security downtown and I see the increase in crime, the increase in homelessness that's not being taken care of. And for someone to negotiate his own contract and threaten to walk out and make that much money, the highest paid city manager in all of California, just is amazing to me. And that you all approve it. You don't even question it. Now, if you call it a cost of living raise, I don't know of a single person in this room that makes that much of an, a cost of living increase. It just does not make sense to me whatsoever. And Howard, you should be ashamed of yourself. How much does it take to live? Really, it really amazes me. And I'm so, I rarely, rarely get involved in these things, but you have just brought out a lot of ire in me. And I'm sorry for all of you that have to endure that. But Howard, I would be embarrassed if I were you. Thank you for your comments. Our final speaker is online, Courtney, if you'll unmute. Can you hear me? You can. Hi, my name is Courtney Poole, and I am calling to urge you to re reject the proposed salary increase for the city manager and redirect those resources to serve more critical needs areas. Sacramento is expecting an income budget deficit while facing numerous crises in the realm of homelessness, mental health, climate change and ongoing an ongoing global pandemic this is the third pay raise that i know about but someone mentioned the seventh pay raise so i'm not even sure that he's gotten um and this pay raise would be a gross misuse of the city's budget there's so many other priorities that we need to be focusing on and so please reject this proposal thank you keep your comments mary have no more speakers on these items all right thank you madam clerk thank you to the members of the public uh Councilmember Guetta. <clears throat> Thank you, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mayor. Uh, you know, this is an item that has brought a lot of conversation in my district, and uh, I'm sure that uh, it is also brought across other districts as well. But I'll focus just on, on my district because that's where I represent. And, uh, and there's a, in there, there's a lot of city employees. There's a lot of folks who have uh, worked in in public service, whether it's uh, state service, county, city, and um, uh, and it's it's one of those that uh, also I've taken a lot of input over the last uh, three weeks. Uh, particularly, we had a pretty lively conversation at a neighborhood meeting last night as well. Um, but um, you know, I, on this, let me first start off by uh, talking about our charter officers, and I think it's important that um, that this be on you know spoken about publicly. They are, they are expected to be available to run the city. They are expected to be um, uh, present when there is uh, a disaster, when there is a national disaster, when there is um, any kind of uh, danger of uh, unrest. Um, and they endure a lot along with their family comes with it too. So uh, I think that's an important piece to understand. Sacramento. You know, I, what I love about our city, Sacramento, is that it has maintained its character as uh, a city that feels uh, like neighborhoods. It feels like a city 
uh, similar to the small community I grew up in, even though it's the sixth largest city in the world. And so the complexities of the city make it, uh, the state, sorry, thank you. For some of us, California is the world, but, <laughs> but no, uh, uh, I'm sure my, my, my cousins in Jarawara, Michoacan don't, don't agree, but, um, but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, again, the, the seriousness of uh, where we are as a city, uh, we've grown to that point. And uh, so it's not lost on me on the work that our charter officers and then those who report to us um, are at. But um, I think Councilmember Jennings and I are the only council members left that have been here with the previous city manager and, uh, and mayor. And the past practice has always been that uh, our charter, charter officers, uh, particularly with item number 22, um, the resolutions have been linked in with our uh, non-exempt um, unrepresented employees. And, uh, and I think that that's one issue that is, has consistently caused confusion. Uh, and the other issue that uh, even with previous city managers is that um, the ability to, uh, how, the, how our rules as a council manager system and how the agenda is set uh, is that the city manager uh, also um, manages the agenda with the mayor um, and, uh, and can put things on the agenda. Um, and so that also creates confusion, and both not only the process, but the substance. I think there is a clear question from a lot of folks who worked in public service about compensation, and that's why the state law has required that any time there's executive compensation, we actually have a public hearing about it, that it just can't be done um, uh, in any other manner than that of a public hearing. Um, so. Uh, you know, the, and it can't be on consent either. That has changed as well. So that is a, also an important factor that the public comment in the decision of, um, uh, of increasing uh, or decreasing or any changes to executive compensation has to go through a public process. Um, and much like our labor union contracts, uh, it, is a, it is partly a negotiation. But I do see that the process that has been in the past, one, um, linking our uh, non-exempt employees, which is our executive assistants, uh, and uh, those who may make minimum wage or uh, an entry level, and our executive team with our city charter officers is a problem. Um, and that's what this uh, resolution does. It, it does that uh, in, a, in, a, in a way to look at all of the cost of living. Um, the other problem uh, that, again, there are two issues at hand, uh, is, is that the city manager can um, put on the agenda their compensation. And that may be uh, the pattern and practice that's happened over many years, but I think that has created uh, a lot of frustration within the community about how our system of government moves forward. And even though Measure A, failed, and for those who uh, didn't support Measure A, then they should remember this conversation. Strong yeah, strong mayor, yeah. Uh, but um, but there, is, there is, in our council rules, uh, an ability for us to make an adjustment. And, and that's chapter seven of our council rules. And so this afternoon I took some time um, thinking through this and looked at our council rules. And regularly, annually, we usually do that, our, our first meeting of the year. I'm not sure 
you know, I mean, the city clerk has an enormous amount of time <laughs> of things to worry about, and so I, I know we didn't do it this year, but I, I thought about that, and so I, I just drafted what I would like to see uh, at our next meeting is a change to our council rules. And I'll, um, you know, I apologize. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not as tactful with, uh, with redlining as Council Member Kaplan in her legal expertise, but I'll pass this down here. Um, oh, here you go. And then I'll pass these to my colleagues over here. Um, and I, I bring this forward because the, the question about setting the agenda uh, is, uh, is important. There's a reason why the city manager has the ability to put items on the agenda. Because um, when our department need to act on something, when a planning decision has to happen, the city manager puts that forward. Uh, but there's one that I think has to be an ex exception. And that's for compensation. Um, whether it is a, uh, a, an actual or perceived conflict of interest is an important factor. And I, I remember that, uh, you know, from many, many times of, of when we take our FPPC training that in, in the work of the public, it's not just whether it's an actual but a, a perceived uh, conflict of interest. And I, and I do think that our current practice that has been in place probably since 1848 when, this, when the city was chartered, um, has allowed this uh, to, uh, to create that. And so what I passed out here is a change to Chapter 7 of our, of our council rules and procedures that uh, the city manager and the city clerk shall develop the agenda for the city meetings in consultation with the, with the mayor and the vice mayor. Um, good luck, uh, uh, Vice Mayor uh, Mabel, in this next year. Um, but what I'd like to add to that chapter, and I'd like this to be agendized for our next meeting, uh, is um, uh, a clause there, an additional clause that says, with the exception of agenda items involving compensation of charter officers and any personnel that reports to the council. Um, that's important because also we do have OPSA and others that do report directly to us that are our subordinates. The city manager oversees everyone else uh, in our city. The city attorney has her uh, legal team that she oversees. The clerk does. The city treasurer and the city auditor does as well. But anybody that reports to the council, um, the, 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 the language that will allow that, those compensations to come to the council uh, could only be brought forward through the approval of the mayor or a recommendation by a majority vote of the Personnel and uh, Public Employees Committee. Uh, and I say that because I think it's important that our PNP committee, uh, in the case of a mayor that has a maybe uh, external or a, a negative relationship with the, the uh, personal uh, negative relationship with the um, charter officers, and I remember there was a time when I think Mayor uh, Johnson didn't speak to the city manager for like months. Um, there needs to be an opportunity for the Personnel Public Employees Committee to do that. And I also feel that this, this change actually builds upon the great work that Chair Kaplan has, has brought forward. So I bring this to say because I, 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 would, I think that the action today, uh, and, uh, and I'll make a motion today, um, I think the action today on item 22 and item 23 uh, and 24 it should be, in the, and this is my opinion, uh, again, I'm not lobbying anyone here, but I, I think my opinion is that we move to table items 22, 23, and 24. Um, and 
uh, and then own and change our council rules to change the past pra practice. Um, and I think until we have this new practice, can we bring back a council, uh, any kind of compensation recommendation uh, to the diet? So that'll be uh, my motion, uh, Mr. Mayor, on this. And again, I want to uh, recognize again the, the the work that goes by all the charter officers uh, in this. But to approve today, uh, I think a uh, any compensation based on our past practice, whether it's been done with prior city managers, prior councils. Um, you know, it's a, I, I've heard from my constituents that we need to change on both our process and moving forward. So that's what, so my, uh, so Mr. Mayor, here's what the other issue that I think with my motion, I'd like to move to table item 22, 23 and 24. Um, but I would like to bring back um, the, uh, the uh, non-exempt employee resolution that doesn't include the city managers back on next Tuesday because our executive assistants that are tied into um, and the folks that are tied into item 22, um, I want to make sure that they uh, that they're not lumped into to the city manager. Okay. Uh, um, Councilman, get a, just a, the the last point that you made about the health benefits for the exempt employees, other than your charter officers. The question is, can that wait a week without harming? Uh, the exempt employees, because part of Councilmember Geta's motion is to bring that item back next week. Uh, is that is that complicate anything, or should we, or should we, or should his motion be amended to pass the health benefits for the non-charter exempt employees tonight? And take away, yeah. Hi, Lainey Milstein, Assistant City Manager. We what we could do with 22 is amend 22 to exclude for both health and salary the charter officers and those who uh, report directly to, um, well, and the Office of Public Safety Accountability. And then that would then allow for the health benefits to apply to everyone but those people. Okay. Can that, that be done tonight? Yes. yes. If that can be done tonight, then my motion would be to amend item 22. Um, and, uh, and then I would move to table item. Well, I'll wait till those items come up, but I would suggest so, that we... No. Table. Make one motion for everything. For everything. Okay. Move to amend item 22 to uh, uh, to delete the charter officers and uh, uh, the Office of Public Safety and Accountability uh, and to table items 23 and to 24 until we have uh, approved the new process uh, moving forward. Okay, that's the motion. Councilmember Talamantes. Thank you, Councilmember Guerra. Um, yeah. To the community, you are right. We should not have heard this prior to the new year um, in the rush of the holidays in the late hour. And so I uh, just want to say that you're right and that we need to do better. And for that reason, I will second uh, Councilmember Guerra's motion tonight. Uh, to amend item 22 and continue uh, the rest of the charter officer salaries. Uh, Councilmember Talimantas, would you mind including the direction to bring back the oh. uh, rules change for oh, chapters? Yes. And to bring back the rules change uh, for requirements for agenda item submission, moving <laughs> forward for any compensation for charter officers. Councilmember Kaplan. Thank you, Mayor. Um, this is messy, 
and it shouldn't be messy. Uh, one of the things that we are changing at the PMPE, public employees, which is basically personnel, um, is the process for evaluations and compensation, and we're not there yet. We have started the process, which will go into effect um, July 2024, but it should be easier. It should be transparent. Um, it should be clear. I never had this much difficulty in my two decades as a, as a school board member. Um, and so I'm trying to bring some of the transparency and process that we have done there here. Um, I think fault lies on all sides. Uh, I can tell you uh, as a council member, I know uh, being a school board member, our superintendent, uh, his salary had to go publicly. I think in the last minute, rush of everything, um, I kicked myself not recognizing that no salary increase should go on the special election. And I think uh, our charter officers failed in, in catching all of this in the last minute rush of um, December. It's no excuse, but it's, an ex it's, it's a mistake that has to be acknowledged. Um, I think we need to do better. We need to be transparent. Um, we have started the process at PMPE that I expect us uh, to start fully implementing uh, in closed session and holding evaluations and processes that we've uh, we promised to do that that we need to do to give uh, the council a full process to do that. I don't I don't like how things are going tonight. I don't like all of this. I hear what my colleagues say, but. Um, I still don't think we're doing right by um, our employees. Councilmember Valenzuela. Thank you. I, um, oh, muted me. Thank you. Um, I want to echo Mayor Pro Tem Talamantes's statement um, and an apology to the public. Um, some of us didn't know, but that was not an excuse. We should have known, um, and we should have asserted that. And so we do apologize sincerely for that trust broken and do take seriously um, the need to build that trust back through better process moving forward. Um, you know, a lot of people asked why I abstained from that vote, and it was because, you know, I think that the hot topic was one person's salary, but there's actually dozens of people's salaries that are included in this motion. And so I know I feel strongly about not holding up um, some of those hardworking people who do work underneath our charter executives so that they can get what's fair and what's um, due to them that we've given to all of our other unions but haven't yet given to them because they're unrepresented. So I uh, support the motion tonight to move those salaries forward, and I really support the item that you've put forward here, um, Councilmember Guerra, um, this is the policy change that we've needed um, for over a year, um, and I'm glad that we, you've brought this forward. Um, this is, I don't feel right about this process tonight either, but it's not for the same reason as my colleague has expressed. I don't feel right because we're not being thoughtful, and it doesn't feel like we're the ones steering the ship. Um, and we should be the ones steering the ship because we are the ones who are elected by the community. We are the ones who are trusted with public dollars, and it is our responsibility to be able to go back to our districts and answer for why every and how every single dollar that you give us and trust with us is spent. Um, that is our responsibility, and so I support this idea of um, removing the ability for charter officers and the city manager to put compensation on the agenda. Um, and I did just want to say, again, that our apologies for what happened in December. Um, I can assure you that it will be all up to all of us to make sure it never happens again. Um, and that I reiterate, again, my support for the other unrepresented employees who are now being included in this motion tonight. And I hope folks um, recognize the distinction between some of those hardworking individuals and um, the other topics at hand. Thank you. 
Councilmember Kaplan, did you have a question? I, I do. I just want to clarify because um, I think we're all on the same page with re-looking at salary. Um, I just want to clarify an item 22. Honestly, while we're looking at salary ranges, I don't want to hurt anybody in their health benefits. If, if, because we're doing this on the fly, which may mean there are unintended consequences that we don't know about. Would the council be okay, like while we remove the salary schedules for the charter officers in 2022, we don't affect anybody's health benefits? Because insurances are a nightmare. I don't, I, I don't think any one of us want to have an issue with insurance and coverage. Um, Lainey, is there an issue with what we're doing on the fly? Um, one of the concerns that we had because the units are very distinct is that the charter officers are in their own um, and that the OPSA director being included within a motion to exclude would be problematic because they're in the same unit as everybody else in the unrep reso. So it would be it easiest if health were for all, um, but a second step would be to exclude just the charters, but OPSA would continue to get the health benefit. Okay, I, I think Councilmember Geta may be willing to amend the motion that the, that we're talking about the salary, Alex, not the health perfect. benefits. The health benefit, the under 22, the health benefit resolution would apply to everyone, including the charter officers. That's fine. It's health and health is going up. Everybody is going to get the same the same thing. Uh, and and <clears throat> while it's cleaner, I think just to eliminate the charter officers from that resolution and OPSA, I also recognize that their health plan is is covering their kids and their spouses. And, yeah. and so I understand that, okay? So, um, and I know it's messy and it's not as clean, but I do think that, um, that that's a, that, that that's a uh, reasonable compromise um, to be able to move that forward if, if the seconder is okay with that. You okay with that, Council Member Talamantes? Yes. Okay, okay, so that's clarified, right? You get that, Madam Clerk? I do. Okay, there's nobody else, so now there's me. Um, and. Uh, this is really difficult. First of all, uh, as the mayor of this city, um, as my colleagues have apologized, and others, I owe the community an apology for allowing the matter to be heard uh, at the holiday period of time when it was a violation of the Brown Act. Uh, ignorance of the law is no defense. Um, we're all expected to know our business, and so I'm ultimately the one that is responsible here, and I take that responsibility. And I hope that we can um, make it right. Maybe tonight is the start of, of, of doing just that. Um, this is a really difficult and painful issue, and you know, you don't know a lot about what goes on behind the scenes, and I won't regale you with all of the details, because all you care about, rightfully, is what benefits or doesn't benefit the public. But we have a system of government here. It is true that a couple of mayors have tried to change, including myself, and unsuccessfully, the voters want this system where an unelected city manager has enormous power and reports to nine people, not directly to a mayor. And so under this system, the relationship between a mayor and a city manager is crucial to the success of the city. It's crucial. And Howard Chan and I, and by the way, there's some history here with the prior city manager and the prior mayor who didn't talk to each other for months. That wasn't in the best interest of the city. <clears throat> Howard Chan and I, together with 
successive city councils. Many of you have sat the whole time. Some of you who have, who um, are, are relatively newer, um, have managed in historically difficult times to not only work together, but to develop, in my view, uh, a true partnership. We have not always agreed. Uh, that isn't the point. But we have managed to work together well. And I would argue, um, with the limited resources, the fact that we don't run a mental health system, the fact that we don't uh, do health and human services, we've managed to take leadership on some issues that, frankly, are, are not within the traditional role of the city, plus much more. And I know tonight, and what is transpiring here in real time, and what has transpired over these last weeks, but frankly over the last year, may threaten that. I hope not. For I know for myself that I have championed Howard's, Mr. Chan's raises consistently. Put it on me. And you can look at the numbers, transparent link or whatever that is, since, uh, since 2016. And I've done so happily as he has grown, developed as a city manager, and consistently, in my view, despite a lot of difficult decisions and criticism, some people don't like some of what he does and some of what he doesn't done, consistently delivered for the city. Over the last year, this issue of charter officer compensation and specifically city manager compensation has become let's just say, too dominating of an issue within the city in a way that has been wearing, not just on me, but on this entire city council, on the other charter officers and the community. And so I've been consistent and clear, and even though I did admit the last time, then in the heat of the moment in August, when we were trying to convince Howard not to take that up in August before the contracts, I did say, yes, let's. I'd support whatever um, the package was at the time. I did, I admit it, okay? I'm consistent and I'm gonna say it again. I can support for Howard and the other charter officers a reasonable cost of living increase. I think that's what's fair. I think that's just plain fair. As I reflected on this, and I said it the last time, I draw the line at these hours, these additional hours in the public sector in the public sector here, it's not the private sector. I can't do it, even non-cashable hours. Because even though it's not his intent, there's the potential just appearance-wise that that could be done in a way. And by the way, I've said for the, I'm gonna say this for the record. This man works unending overtime, unending overtime, consistent 80-hour weeks. I'm gonna speak my piece here, please. If he wants to take a week or two weeks or three weeks with his family to get some rest, then as far as I'm concerned, that's, that's informal CTO time. That's the way I look at life. It's called professionalism. It's called privilege. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. But thank you, be quiet. When people work 80 hours a week, they're entitled to that. Excuse me, but I'm not comfortable formalizing this cash, this additional cash. It's too much in light of his current compensation and in light of the situation that the city finds itself in in terms of the deficit. It's the wrong appearance. 
and the process has not been right. And that's why Councilmember Guerra's motion is so appropriate. We, we sometimes, you know, we're a family, and sometimes we say, you know, it can be a, a functional and dysfunctional family, but sometimes, sometimes we don't have enough arm's length, and we, and we try to figure it all out together. Well, there are appropriate boundaries. And one appropriate boundary is that charter officers should not be setting the agenda around their own compensation. And you're right, Councilmember Geta, and so it's the right change. And so if the change is made, the PNPE committee will have some authority. I will have some authority as the citywide elected mayor here, and I will exercise that authority fairly. And that's where we come to. Our job, our job is to always do what is right by the people of Sacramento. Unless you violate the Brown that's, that's, and we already acknowledge that. Our job is to always do what's right, even if it's painful, even if it threatens relationships. And so this motion is appropriate. I look forward to the rule change next week. And if there's nothing else, let's call the rule. Thank you, Mayor. To reiterate, <coughs> item number 22 um, is adopt the resolution adopted as amended um, with direction to bring back the Council Rules of Procedure Chapter 7 amendment that Councilmember Guerra recommended. On item 23, the motion is to um, table the item so it will not be heard or voted on. Item number 24 is also being tabled. The motion was by Councilmember Guerra and second by Talamantes. Councilmember Kaplan. Councilmember Lilloy is absent. Mayor Pro Tem Talamantes. Aye. Councilmember Valenzuela. Yes. Vice Mayor Maple. Aye. Councilmember Gatta. Aye. Councilmember Jennings. Yes. Councilmember Vang. Yes. And Mayor Steinberg. Yes. It passes. All right. Is there public testimony on items not on the agenda? Uh, yes, Mayor. I have <coughs> 10 speakers for items not on the agenda. Do you want to take that or council comments, ideas, and questions first? Why don't we take council ideas, comments, and questions first? Yes. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem Talamantes. Thank you, Mayor. Um, this <coughs> Thursday, I have my monthly cafecito with Councilmember Talamantes, I guess now Mayor Pro Tem, um, at, uh, in South Atomas. So it's open office hours, it's an hour, and we just talk about anything, everything. Uh, great way to meet your neighbors. And it's also my birthday that weekend, so we're doing our birthday party theme. So I invite you to join us. Um, this Friday, I have my uh, monthly walk the talk with Councilmember Kaplan. We meet at 9 a.m. at the North Natomas Regional Park. Meeting at the Farmer's Market entrance gives you a chance to get a little exercise and ask me any questions you want. We know it's going to be chilly, so bundle up and join me for a little exercise. Then, uh, if you like tree planting, put on your calendar Saturday, January 20th. 20th. From 9.30 to noon, we will be at the North Natomas Regional Park partnering with YPSI, our D1 Parks Commissioner, the Hamptons Foundation, the Sacramento Tree Foundation, and my one youth, Natomas. So come on out.
Jennings. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I'm asking you to join me and South Pocket Neighbors and the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Department this Saturday, January the 13th. We're going to plant 10 trees in Marriott Park, and all we need is you. We're going to provide the tools, light snacks, and lots of conversation while we plant the trees and put bark around them. So come on out this Saturday the 13th at 9 a.m. at Marriott Park. <laughs> Thanks, Mayor. Um, just a few announcements. Uh, just wanted to announce that we are doing Mondays with Maya again, kicking that off at 9 o'clock at the Pinnell Community Center with our seniors, so come join us. Uh, but just wanted to also give a shout-out. Um, next Monday is a holiday, but it's not a day off. It's a day on to celebrate Martin Luther King. Um, I know there are... Uh, two caravans and marches going on, but I represent South Sacramento, so I'm going to be in the South area uh, with uh, Grandma uh, Sequita and, and Bless Chow and so many organizations. So just inviting folks to come join us for our South Sacramento caravan, uh, led really by the community. I'm there. They're planning it, um, but I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock. The address is 7000 Franklin Boulevard, um, so just encouraging everyone to come join us for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Councilmember Kaplan, did you... Did, I have... I'm in trouble with the tote board here. Uh, is there anybody else? Martin Luther King celebration this Monday. Um, and um, at Grant, and I know in South Sacramento, I mean the City College, the North Sacramento, uh, Miss Sukita Clark, there's a lot of things that are uh, happening. But man, it's, as we say, a day on, not a day off. We're going to be there, we're going to be there marching and um, remembering and committing for a great 2024 for justice. So I'm really looking forward to that. Dress warm. All right, um, let's take uh, council, uh, excuse me, uh, testimony on items not on the agenda. Thank you, Thank Mayor. You. We have 10 speakers, Robert Copeland, Lambert, Ash Matthew, and Mackworthy. I wish the Sacramento City Council would do a comprehensive housing plan years ago when Mayor Steinberg became mayor, or even before that even. That would help the economy, that would help the city budget, that would help RT, that would help the homeless population, that would help everybody in Sacramento, but you blew it, Mayor Steinberg. Even uh, Mayor Johnson blew it, because he didn't have a plan either. I was at Morris City Council meeting was last year than he was. And I wish uh, Mindy Cuppy would uh, stop uh, talking about Sean Lilly. He's no longer a city council member. He resigned in disgrace. Also, uh, next city council member in District 2 should live in a district. There should be no ambiguity to where he lives. I think the city council blew it on that also, where the federal government did a better job than the city government on the Sean Lowley situation. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Lambert, then Ash Matthew. Lambert Davis, then Ash. Mr. Davis is okay, A few Mr. weeks Worthy. ago, we saw some young black men come to the podium. <clears throat> People, that was a disgrace. I did show it to my grandson. This guy here is a liar. Google the Oakland Raiders. 
his ass got busted. He's on the bench. He got no record. Jack Lawshaw, his bank friend of mine, carries that record. Okay. Now let's get to the city manager. You got to know who. We never got a report on him going to China, did we? You never had a report. Now, this man said he is your city manager. Now, he had a link in Silicon Valley. Go and check the League of California cities. I was in there for over 28 years as a janitor. Lobby his bills. That's how he become married. That's why this city changed. They couldn't deal with Bank of America. Took over and gave the people money, and Bank of America got caught. Nobody. Breaking the Brown Act here, it'll touch on the hand. Manager got to go. It's a link there to China's money in the Silicon Valley, and this man visited to China. We want to know who was the chaperone and where did he go? How much money that the League of California cities lobbied in, and he was over at the Capitol. That will tell you the truth. Before y'all's time, it was there. That's when I say, y'all, people coming here, where were y'all before you become city council? That's the facts. When the breaking the Brown Act, there's your attorney sitting right there, and nobody picked it up. Because he has to stick to Chan, because he will be exposed if we get a lawsuit in here of the Silicon Valley money of Bank of America, when Bank of America is using poor folks' money and making money. And they said, well, we'll give the city the property tax. Liars got to go, people. Plus, <laughs> why did you leave him over? Thank you for your comments. Lambert, then Ash Matu. Make sure I put this on here now. After all of this Brown Act I've heard tonight, and I'm the only one in the city that's been doing it, so nobody can bandwagon now. It's too late. <laughs> My family has actually suffered because of this man, Howard Chan, and his staff. It's not just him. And second of all, after all of the Brown Act talk, it says on this city, it says a city manager's report. Where is he at? Where's the city manager? There's five assistant city managers and him. And where are they? You just finished talking about Brown Act and the city manager's report is right here on the thing. Now, let me show you some integrity right here. This is an 18-year-old granddaughter who figured out a way to take our family's cheesecake business viral. Now, this is integrity. Watch this. To the band bag cheesecakes. No, it's gonna be a good day. With the to the band bag cheesecakes. One bite will change your life. One bite will change your life. One bite will get you right. One bite will get you right. To the band bag cheesecakes. To the band bag now I want to thank her because I'm a baby boomer. Her and a lot of her millennial friends during the holidays we went viral in LA. Sacramento and the Bay Area, the city manager's office should be calling me as well as the mayor. Why aren't you? 
That's integrity. Thank you for your comments. Ash, Matthew, um, and then it says Joshua House, maybe Rebecca. Hi, my name is Ash Matu. Uh, I have several houses in South Sacramento. I, uh, I run a, a room and board, and I'm having some issues with the city of Sacramento. Not, uh, I'm trying to get a pre-application meeting. I'm trying to build two more houses. I house uh, 87 clients right now, homeless, that I took off the streets. And uh, I'm trying to build two more houses so I could take 30 more people off the streets, and I'm having an issue just uh, getting a pre-application meeting. So I came, I've been to city like four or five times already, and I'm just getting pushed to the side, pushed to the side, so I came over here to see if you guys can assist me with this. Like I said, I got the proof in the pudding. I have several houses, you know. Ash, and we're gonna have uh, Michael Jasso, assistant city manager, that's gonna come down to help you with this. Thank you so much for coming to, thank you. For coming to our council chambers. Thank you. Our next speaker is regarding Joshua's house. Is it Rebecca? There's no name, it just says re Joshua's house. And then, so after Rebecca is Charles Faust and then Kevin Boltz. Hello, um, the city entered into a contract with Joshua House to lease the city lot three yards from Garden Valley Elementary School for 50 years for $1 a year. A year and a half ago, Mayor Steinberg and other city leaders held a groundbreaking ceremony for Joshua House across from the actual lot leased to them. The groundbreaking excluded the affected Latino community and a security guard walked people out of the ceremony. I was walked out threatened with arrest. Now, one and a half years later, the only thing that has been placed on that site is a chain link fence and forklifts. It is concerning that Joshua House has come up for discussion, has not come up for discussion by this council. The council received over 175 e-comments and many Zoom comments expressing concern about the placement of Joshua House and the lack of outreach to this large Latino community with many children attending the Garden Valley School. I want to believe the three Latino council members and the five former school board members would be concerned. I'm going to provide an update on the project. One. No good neighbor policy in place. Draft policy states there will be a curfew. This would allow residents to leave the trailers three yards from our elementary students. No policy if residents will be screened to ensure no registered sex offenders, which should not happen across from our schools. No guarantee there will be a secure fence as narcotics will be on the site. Twin Rivers Unified School District has not received any response regarding requested mitigation measures concerning student safety. At a District 3 coalition, an attorney made false accusations about me and threatened to dog me out. They, uh, the coalition was concerned. The exception was Ned Emery, who thanked the attorney for being forthright. It is a great concern that tonight Ms. Emery was appointed by the mayor to the city ethics committee while being okay with a threat with an attorney threatening a school board member who has a responsibility to raise concerns for student and staff safety. Ms. Emery was there with the mayor on that day of the groundbreaking from which I was excluded, and she has continuously discounted concerns from the community. Thank you Thank for you. your comments. Next speaker is Charles Faust, then Kevin Boltz. Thank have, you, Trustee Sandoval. I have five more speakers. So Charles, Kevin, and then Margot Santana. 
I had some stuff that I was hoping the mayor would hear, so I'm going to amend it because he walked away. Um, one of the things I was happy to see tonight was that Hope Cooperative got some funding. They're one of the better organizations in Sacramento. They're one of the organizations that I can call their leadership, and I know that people are going to be given service and are going to be helped within a few days or within like 12 hours sometimes. So I'm happy to see that they got some funding. They're also one of the organizations that I get very ill-frequently do I get calls from people staying there that are having issues. I think the worst thing that I've ever heard about happening in their shelter from someone directly was some property getting stolen from another client and then Hope Cooperative Leadership managed that and helped the person. And then there was another issue where the person wasn't allowed to park as close as they wanted to. So a parking thing and another person stealing their stuff was the worst thing that I've heard about happening in a Hope Cooperative shelter. Where other shelters that are given preference by the city and county, I've heard things, women getting raped, people get, being forced to drugs into them. So, you know, Hope Cooperative, great organization, and they should be one that you guys should give preference to over some of the other organizations that you seem to give preference to. Thank you for your comments. Kevin Boltz, Margo Santana. Since he was brought up earlier, I'd like to remind everyone that Kevin Johnson is a pedophile and a predator, and that's why his 30 for 30 ESPN special was canceled. I'd also like to commend Lisa on her 20 years in the trenches in North Natomas serving on the school board. You did it. It must make those sunsets at Egret Park that much sweater. Sweeter, excuse me. The mayor mentioned many ridiculous things during his ramble, uh, most of which was an appropriate cost of living adjustment for Howard Chan. The appropriate cost of living adjustment for Howard Chan is a 20 to 30% reduction in his salary and benefits, not an increase. No one else in this room has had their salary almost doubled and tripled since whenever Howard got approved. It's absurd. Also, we should take that money and we should address the obscene quotes of $900 a month in health care cost for single employees for the city. Furthermore, the mayor mentioned his relationship as compared to the previous manager and mayor and how important this was for success. If they have a great relationship and that's the foundation of success, why has the city gone to shit? Why is rent four times higher than when I moved here? Why is homelessness up tenfold? Why do so many more people hate the mayor than they used to? Mayor said people who work 80 hours a week deserve a few weeks vacation, showing how completely out of touch he is. Most people who work 80 hours a week are chronically overworked and underpaid on shoestring budgets and don't have appropriate health care. They get to work in agricultural fields, slaughterhouses, and non-union construction sites, not air-conditioned offices. Tonight you were spoken to by a myriad of members of the community, a security guard, a police officer, a communist, and a bunch of other radically-minded individuals. That means you fucked up. When you have this cross-section of the community coming here to tell you you did something wrong, it means you really did something wrong, in addition to violating the Brown Act by combining all those items into one comment. You saved yourself some sleepless nights this week, because I do now know where all of you live. And if you continue to give people raises who don't deserve them instead of handling things, we will come wake you the fuck up. Have a good one. Thank you for your comments. Margo Santana, Rashid Reed, and then David Calaby will be our last speaker. Um, good evening and Happy New Year's to everyone. I am here because I wanted to find out what can we do for District 1 and also District 2. Thank you for stepping in. We feel a lot better that, you know, the pride and joy in Del Paso High really is just our football program. And I think it needs to be way more than that. So I just wanted to find out. We do have Robla Park. I am a, I live in Robla District. I wanted to know, how do we go about trying to get 
a water park there. There's over 2,000 some kids in Del Paso Heights with one swimming pool at Grand High School. And now that's getting ready to be pretty hard to use because it belongs to the high school. And I understand they have programs, sacred night swimming, and they're also starting a swim team. So I wanted to find out how do we go to come to the city to, I'm actually speaking on behalf of the kids, because I did ask them, if you had one wish in Del Paso Heights, what would you like? The kids didn't even say anything about no gang programs, none of this. They wanted a water park. And I think that that should happen for our children in Del Paso Heights. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Rashawn Reed. Following Rashawn is David Calaby, who will be our final speaker. How are you doing? My name is Rashawn Reed, and I represent Freeze World. And I'm not really coming up here to be sound angry or nothing like that, but I came to Sacramento with dreams to have um, bring business and money and um, entrepreneurial spirit here, but I've been getting attacked by the building and code enforcement real hard to try to shut me down in my area. I think um, you, Katie Venezuela, is uh, my um, councilman, so I need to talk to you personally instead of your assistants or any of the secretaries or anything so we can get a clearness because I don't want to go over nobody's head, and I could have just talked to you personally. So um, also with Howard Chan, I don't got nothing against you personally. I, I think you came here and got your bag. Can I get a loan, Godfather? Can I, can I get some of that money you're making a, a half a million a year? Hey, I'm, hey, can, can cut me in on the money team, bruh. So, yeah, that's all I got to say. Cut me in and cut it out, bruh. Thank you for your comments. David Calaby. Hello again. Uh, thank you. Um, I send each of you a packet on just the first portion, just a small tip of what's been going on with the parking division and their apparent knowledgeable, willful, and intentional scam issuing parking tickets that violate vehicle code 40202 and then refusing to follow city code section 10.56, starting with 30. On, that requires them to throw this out. Mr. Chan absolutely refuses to actually respond other than me getting a call from the senior city attorney, Gerald Hicks, who I guess is now just retiring, who tries to intimidate me out of dropping the issue. Anyway, this whole issue involves throwing out all the rules and covering up, and I even asked for how much money has been misappropriated by the city to cover up an illegal $52.50 parking ticket. I haven't been responded by anybody. However, I understand some of you have generic emails, and I did actually touch base with uh, Councilmember Jennings yesterday, and he very nicely gave me his personal email. I forwarded it again to him, and he expressed concern that if this is what's going on, he wants to see that cleaned up too. And so, I'm going to be asking each of you, if you guys are willing to address it, since we're out of time, who would actually be interested in helping clean up all these illegal parking tickets that have to be netting for every 100,000 tickets $5.5 million without any penalties based on the ticket I got for parking someplace without any notice when street cleaners supposedly came. So is anybody interested in dealing with it? No? Okay, well, 
We'll make sure city staff gets back to you. I know that you have email correspondence. So okay. thank you. Well, my email is DAVE94559 at Yahoo. Again, that's DAVE94559 at Yahoo. I'd be happy to help anybody, and I have a whole packet with all the regulations that are violated. Thank you. On that. Thank you for your time. Um, do we have any adjourned memories? No? All right, we call this meeting to order at 714. Since living in District 2 isn't a requirement to serve it, can I be the person now? Thank you.